0: News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's CUNIS Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KGMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespen. Thank you so much for making us a part of your Saturday morning as a broadcast here from our brand new KMO studios. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning on in the week after the Super Bowl. It's episode 123 of On the Mark on this Saturday, February 19th. And uh, On the Mark is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in In the tri state, area 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them. Mark Sensha, uh, Ask him about that complimentary lifetime no-fear powertrain warranty. Welcome on into the show. If you're joining us on the uh, KHMO Facebook page, on the On the Mark KHMO Facebook page, thanks for joining on the Facebook Live as well. Uh, if you listening on Terrestrial Radio, you can follow the show on our Facebook page. Just search On the Mark KHMO on Facebook or follow me directly on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespin, M-A-R-K-H-E-S. P E N. Lots to get to today. It is the first show for me post Super Bowl, so it's my first chance to get every, to talk to everyone about the Super Bowl. We will jump into that. The Daytona Five Hundred, the Great American Race, kicks off tomorrow. Uh, I got some thoughts on uh, the beginning of the new NASCAR season. Uh, we will dive headfirst back into the NBA. About twenty to twenty-three games remaining, depending on the teams uh, in the NBA season, as we are at All Star Break. So the sprint to the finish. This is where the NBA season. Really, really, really gets interesting and fun to tune into and start really watching. So strong thoughts, uh, throughout, uh, where, where, uh, teams stand at the NBA post trade deadline post all star break. And, uh, of course, a little touch on the Winter Olympics, MLB. Uh, and, uh, I will, uh, touch on, uh, to start the show, something that's not part of Hespen headline number one. So I'm just going to start with it. Then we'll jump into Hespen headline number one. I want to start with the fact that uh Patrick Mahomes there's a report uh the great Kansas City Chiefs quarterback had to uh, had a face to face heart to heart with his brother Jackson and his Fiance Brittany about not attending games next year, uh, it is as, uh, to support him and because it was becoming too much of a distraction. Rich Orenberger, who's a uh, former NFL player who, uh, he does radio out in California, is well connected. Uh, Rich Orenberger is a great analyst, he's a great radio host. I don't know where his sources are getting from that he broke this news that Patrick Mahomes had a heart to heart with his fiance and with his brother. Uh, but I'll just say this. If Patrick Mahomes is at that point with his fiance and his brother, I, you can't help but just feel bad for him. It's, he's in a tough situation. I know I'm asking you to feel bad for a man who makes half a billion dollars, who is the face of the league, one of the greatest talents to ever play the quarterback position. It's a hard sell for me to make you actually feel bad for him. But I do. That What a tough position to be in. Just remove all of the NFL, the stardom, the money, everything away. If you're a, a, a human being having difficulties with people in your life that you care about, family member and and uh, the mother of your child and your fiancé, it's never a good situation to be in. It, it's always a tricky situation. I will say this. I am one of those people who has been uh, adamant on Twitter about the fact that I think the Jackson Mahomes – and and his fiance Brittany do him no help. They they do not help him at all. There are plenty of famous NFL superstars and big time NFL quarterbacks who have brothers, sisters, fiancés, wives, uh, girlfriends all of that that we never talk about we never hear about the media never ever puts any light on because they are, they go to games they support they celebrate they cheer and they keep within the inner circle of support for their for their husband their brother whoever it may be uh, out there playing i do believe that his fiance brittany and his brother jackson have used The Mahomes name and him as himself to build a pseudo platform for themselves. I mean, Jackson Mahomes is all over TikTok, millions of followers. I'm sure he makes really good money from that. And, you know, uh, whatever he gets um, from just being uh, Jackson Mahomes and being Patrick's brother, uh, his fiance, Brittany, in the same vein on Instagram and all that followers equals dollar signs. It does. That's how social media works, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, followers equals dollar signs it means ads it means uh, uh, you can make money off those platforms and, I, and I, I'll, I'll just I'll just say this I, I think I can understand why Patrick would be at that place where he feels the need to say something and to make a change because I, I think Patrick Mahomes is an incredible brand he's an incredible talent and he is uh, on a rocket ship to mega, mega stardom, you know, all-time... Great as far as actual player on the field, but he's really great in the State Farm commercials, face of the league. I mean, he is on a such a rocket ship. And the only thing that it, you get negative light with Patrick Mahomes is a lot of people feel his brother is rude, disrespectful, uh, and, and in your face. And in the NFL and fan base in the NFL and fandom in the NFL is a lot of middle-class working Americans who don't relate to the – tiktok star little brother who is famous because older brother's rich and famous that doesn't really resonate with middle america the people here in the quincy hannibal region i think myself included middle america we don't really uh, uh have too much of a a sense of care or, or uh, a love for someone like that and or uh, r- can relate to that at all and with his fiance Brittany. She has been extremely outspoken. She has every right to be outspoken. I would never tell her to uh how to behave or how to go about. But I will say, like anything else in the world today that we live in in 2022, with social media being such a huge part of it, you invite criticism on yourself. You just do. If you open up that door, then you, you, you know, you're playing in that arena to allow people to criticize you now people you know take it always way too far on Twitter and social media and the internet. The internet's been taking things way too far since the internet began uh, internet bullying and everything. but again, if you live in that spotlight, you open yourself up to it, you you know put yourself out there on those platforms and and say things like, "I just want to be able to do what I want to be able to do." You're inviting that criticism. You're stepping into that arena to play ball. So once you've invited yourself in, it's a lot like what we talked about with the MLB when they moved their all-star break and they got political. Listen, you can claim you don't want to be political until you make a political move and step into the political arena then you're allowed to take criticism from the news channels and anything else for being political. If you step into that arena, this is the same type of thing. If you step into that public eye, uh, as Brittany Mahomes and Jackson Mahomes have done, then you're up for fair game for criticism. Now, I'm never going to condone people being... Racist, misogynistic, making death threats or whatever they may be doing. But you do have to feel for Patrick Mahomes in a lot of ways. And he's at a weird point in his career right now. It's the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career that we can honestly say that he is, um, you know, he didn't play well in a big game. And a lot of that was his fault. The Super Bowl last year, uh, it was not his fault that he didn't play well in that big game. But it's the first time in a big game that he's coming off a a loss in a big game where he was favored and he didn't play well. He's the half-a-billion-dollar man. He's the face of the league. Brady's retired. There's young gun quarterbacks coming for his crown. And I'm sure the pressure is on a little bit feeling it. He's got, I'm sure, a large... Uh, slate of commercials, he's got a film for State Farm this offseason, gearing up for another NFL season. And I can understand him maybe going to his fiancée and his brother and talking to them. Now, Patrick and his fiancée and everyone has come out in their camp say they deny these allegations that Patrick said anything to the fiance and to the brother. And you know what? Maybe they didn't, and maybe it is all made up. But either way, I think Patrick Mahomes is someone who I, I don't, envied particularly right now, anytime you're having uh, troubles or struggles with uh, family and a, a loved one, a fiance, a wife, a girlfriend, whatever it may be, it's tough to go through no, whether you're worth half a billion dollars in the star of the NFL or you're just a a postal worker or a, or a, you know, a manager of a, a Popeyes, whatever you do for your living, if you deal with uh, family drama and stuff like that, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So I feel fair. I feel for Patrick Mahomes, and uh, I I wish him well. I hope that he's able to uh, come to some sort of good work life balance with his fiance and his brother, but also understand. And I and I hope this message somehow reaches them that for all of them, Jackson, Brittany, and Patrick, you're not going to be able to control the narrative on social media if you step into that arena. Social media, Twitter. YouTube, Instagram, they run wild. It is the wild wild west and there's a lot of people out there who are also bottom feeders trying to get retweets for money. As I said, followers equals dollars. It's all the money grab on social media as well. And uh and so if you if you put yourself out there, To be filmed, to post things, to pour the champagne, to say you want to do what you want. For Jackson to be uh, doing TikTok dances on Sean Taylor Day in, in Washington and everything that he does. You put yourself into that arena. I don't want to hear you crying about the backlash or the comments that you get. I'll never condone the racist, the misogynistic, the horrible things that get said. I think it's trash. It's garbage. I would never say it. I would encourage people not to do it. But you step into that arena, you put yourself out there. I think you're hurting Patrick. I think you're hurting yourselves. And uh, I think there's a lot of other people you can see in the league. Uh, wives, girlfriends, family members, brothers, sisters, um, fiancés out there who uh, who have, t- have put themselves in much better positions to be supportive and also make money and, and be their own selves and have their own lives and careers without making it all about uh, the off-the-field drama at the Kansas City Chief Games. Uh, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. When we come back, we will jump into Hespin headline number one, and we will talk about the Super Bowl. Don't go anywhere. We're live in local in America's hometown. Uh, KHMO News Talk 1070 on the dial.
1: Susan, it's so... I recently read an article regarding a survey of how often fast food companies use the phrases thank you and you're welcome. In addition to being interested in the findings, I also found myself asking why, as in why do we have to do surveys to measure being polite? My conclusion is that we've reached a point in society where manners are so rare, we have to do surveys to determine the companies that practice kindness. Do we really need that? So my message is this, lead the way in your company. Be polite. Practice manners, courtesy, and kindness. Let your customers and your employees know that they're appreciated. Tell them, thank you. You're welcome. And it's my pleasure. When respect is surveyed, make sure your company is at the top. I'm Ed Harrell, author of The Kindness Revolution.
2: We're KHMO and the KHMO mobile app.
0: Welcome on back to the mark here on Newstalk 1070 KMO and the KMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. You got to stop in and check out their lifetime. No fear powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Shop cunisquincy.com, cunishonda.com, cunishunday.com. Tell them Mark sent you, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. All right, let's jump into it. Hespin headline number one. Hespin's headlines on the mark. The Rams won Super Bowl Fifty Six last week over the Cincinnati Bengals, twenty to thirteen. Uh, Cooper Cup is your MVP. A lot of people, the talk this week has been about Aaron Donald. Did Matt Stafford deserve the MVP? Um, listen, you know my struggle with the NFL and how they do awards. If you if you don't know, peel back the curtain for you. Um, the people who vote on the MVP have to have their votes in by the two minute warning. Again, like uh, you know. That makes all the sense in the world because it's not like a bunch of valuable things happened in NFL game in the last two minutes like I don't know Aaron Donald making the biggest play of the game on fourth down. Uh, So I think it's a little silly. It's a little ridiculous. Um, Cooper Cup was incredible. Cooper Cup stepped up in a huge way, especially in the fourth quarter. Once that Rams offense found their legs again, post Odell Beckham Jr. injury that they dealt with in the third quarter, they just were kind of shell-shocked and didn't really know what to do and where to go. Uh, Cooper Cup was huge. I have no real qualms with it. Uh, I think Aaron Donald would have been just as deserving. But ESPN, first take, would have had all week long, you would have heard things like, did Cooper Cup deserve the MVP over Aaron Donald? There would have been people saying that, and I would have came on the show and said, like, you know, I, Cooper Cup could have deserved it, but Aaron Donald, either way... Um, what happened in that game? Well, if you listen to last week's show and then you watch the game, you know pretty much everything I said was going to happen happened. happen. Now, the score's a little different. I had 27-24. It was 23-20 Rams. But what did I say? I focused on the fact that the big players were going to make big plays in big moments. And that's exactly what happened. Now, that's not how every Super Bowl happens. This Super Bowl went as I thought scripted for the most part. Uh, the Bengals hang in there, hung in there throughout the, uh, the first half. They took the punches, they they stuck around, uh, and then what happened? They, they they had two big breaks go their way early in the third quarter, and they capitalized off them. The uh, no-call on the offensive pass interference against Jalen Ramsey leads to a 75-yard touchdown. Bengals have life. They get a Matt Stafford interception. They only come up with a field goal, but they're up by 7, 20-13 early in the third. The Bengals back in business, and then the Bengals lost the football game. Not the not the bad call in the holding call in Cooper Cup on Wilson. The Bengals lost the football game after that field goal. After that field goal, the Bengals had four straight punts. The drives were three plays, three plays, five plays, seven plays, punts. You lost the football game. You lost the football game. You're up by a score early in the third quarter of the Super Bowl after – getting two gigantic breaks to go your way all you have to do is get a field goal on maybe two of those drives and extend them into 10 play drives even if you get a field goal and one of those drives goes nine plays four or five minutes and eat up enough clock you win the super bowl and you couldn't do it you couldn't do it the play calling got tight uh joe mixon was nowhere to be found in the big moments. Uh, Joe Burrow wasn't great. You know, Joe Mixon had the touchdown pass. You know, besides the 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 no-call giant throw and uh, the pass, offensive pass interference, it was offensive pass interference, and the Joe Mixon... Touchdown pass. The Bengals' offense was wonky and weird and and, and wasn't great. And seven, they gave up seven sacks, a Super Bowl record. The Bengals lost that football game. The Rams were the better team from start to finish in that game. And the Rams proved it in the fourth quarter when, in the fourth quarter of the biggest game in the calendar, most eyeballs, 100 million-plus viewers, who made the biggest plays? Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. They all stepped up. They made huge huge plays in the fourth quarter. Big-time players make big-time plays. So congrats to the Rams. I-, I thought it was a good game. I thought the halftime show was phenomenal. I had one criticism of the halftime show. It was too light out. I'm, I know it's my old man on the clouds, but it was too bright out. It was just too bright. They needed to, like, you know, put some shades up. I know it was still, like, 5 o'clock in L.A., and that stadium has got windows everywhere, and it's open, open air and parts. You know, it's weird, though, watching a a halftime show with the lights on. It's like a middle school dance with lights on. It just doesn't feel right. I need dark so the lights, the effects, everything just looks better. Um, And so that's my one complaint. Otherwise, it was awesome. Uh, I thought the game overall was entertaining. I wish it would have been a little high score, 27-24. You know, a couple extra scores here or there. Each one of them get an extra one of those punt drives that would turn into a a scoring drive. I think they would have made a little more interesting uh, but there was drama up until the very end of the game. Um, I thought the refs overall were good. They got a little whistle happy late, but they had to give. They had to make give a makeup call to the Rams. They knew they did. Uh, did they have to do it at third and eight with a with a very a third goal with a really questionable holding? I don't know, but. The Bengals fans, you can't complain. You got a gifted 75-yard touchdown, and then your team had four straight punts, three plays, three plays, five plays, seven plays. You lost the game. You lost the game. So let's talk about the future of each one of these franchises. The Rams, well, they should be a favorite going into next season. They'll have Cooper Cup. They'll have Matt Stafford. They'll have Sean McVay. Uh, they need to work on their offensive line, replacing Whitworth. Uh, they're going to need to make sure Aaron Donald is happy, maybe pay him a little bit more money, keep him happy, keep him motivated. And then for the Rams, the play is the same. If they lose Von Miller, so what? They lose Oda Beckham Jr., so what? The Rams will just do what the Rams have done. Give up picks, sign free agents, push that cap to the uh, absolute limits. The Rams have built this uh, program off of a couple core pieces, a great head coach, and then come on old veterans who are looking for rings. You're going to have to replace Weddle. Uh, You know, you you need some back-end defensive help. You need some offensive line help, and then you need to keep your superstars happy and find another wide receiver that Matt Stafford can have a connection with. Or even find a guy in the third, fourth round when you actually do have picks to maybe grow with Cooper Cup. you got a great wide receiver room in there anyways, and you'll get some guys back. You know, um, Jefferson's great, and uh, Woods should be back to start next season as well. So maybe you don't even need to go out and test the free agent market with a wide receiver group. The Rams should definitely be a favorite next year in the NFC. Quickly looking at the NFC as it stands now, the NFC South is a quarterback disaster. You have Matt Ryan, you have what, Taysom Hill, maybe Jameis Winston, but the Saints are rebuilding. Tampa Bay is rebuilding right now. Uh, Carolina is doing what? I don't know. Rebuilding, I guess. Uh, Atlanta, you know, Dallas in the East with... A plucky Philly team that is a lot of picks, and they're going to be good because the rest of their division stinks. I mean, Washington needs a quarterback. The Giants are rebuilding. The NFC North, What is where's Aaron Rodgers at if he returns? Obviously, the Packers are a favorite, but do they scare anyone in the playoffs? Absolutely not. Bears are rebuilding. Vikings are rebuilding. The Lions are the Lions. I mean, and then the NFC West. Obviously, Seattle, you expect them, if healthy, a lot like, uh, you know, Baltimore. They just weren't healthy. If they can be healthy, you expect them to be better. Uh, they have the Cardinals, who are an 11-win playoff team. You, they're going to be good. You have the Niners in your division, who are going to be really good again. Uh, but we are going to have a young quarterback. So the Rams absolutely should be a favorite going into next season. I think they should be considered the favorite in the NFC with, you know, I guess Green Bay. I mean, the NFC is weird. The NFC is deep because the West is good, and then there's Dallas, there's Green Bay. Um, you're going to have, uh, depending on where quarterbacks end up, the Washington team could be really good. Philly's really a good football team and a growing football team. But the Rams absolutely should be the favorite in the NFC. As of right now, everything is it stands Now, for the Bengals, obviously it hurts. And we talked about the fact that Joe Burrow's legacy uh, could have exploded with a Super Bowl win. But he had the opportunity. He had the, draw, the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter with time left. And he couldn't get it done. He couldn't overcome all the deficiencies on that offensive line. And I think some suspect personnel decisions with Joe Mixon and play calling. But Joe Burrow is a great young quarterback. And this Bengals team has a ton of potential to continue to be a massive thorn in the side of of the Bills and the Chiefs and the Ravens, they are going to be right there. Should they be a favorite in the AFC? A lot of that depends. I still think the Chiefs are the favorite. Uh, the Patrick Mahomes is in that part of his career right now, kind of like Aaron Rodgers was post his Super Bowl win for like five six years after that. You just kind of pick the pack. You just kind of pick the Packers to win the NFC every year. That's how I am with the Chiefs in the AFC right now. As long as they have those weapons, Patrick Mahomes and that head coach and Andy Reid. They're going to be the favorites and they should be the favorites until completely proven otherwise. If they lose another AFC championship game or they don't make the AFC championship game this year, you know, we'll revisit that in a year from now. Um, but for the Bengals, they have a ton of needs and the needs are easy to figure out. You know, unlike the Rams, the Bengals and they have they have clarity. The Rams they don't know 100% have a ton of clarity cuz they don't have draft picks, they don't have a ton of cap space and they're going to have some pretty glaring needs like left tackle, pass rusher, uh free safety. Those are some glaring needs, and you've got to find veterans who are willing to take pay cuts and unique deals, uh, maybe make some weird trades, and, and try to get creative with it. It's not a ton of needs, but they're crucial needs, and you don't have a lot of wiggle room. The Bengals, their crucial needs is so obvious, but they have a ton of cap space, and they have draft picks. So the Bengals are in a really good spot if they can make the right moves to completely overhaul and build that offensive line. But I think the Bengals have done a really good job. If I'm an offensive line free agent right now, why wouldn't you take some really good money, move to cheap Cincinnati? and have a chance to win with Joe Burrow and play with that young, exciting team. You have a head coach who just got locked up through 2026. You have a young quarterback who's on the rise. You have weapons on offense. You have a defense that plays kind of above their uh, nameplates, the name on the back. Uh, I think the Bengals could really add an elite defensive player. Someone at the safety, middle linebacker, Or uh, defensive line position where it's like that is an all pro. If they can do that and then add two or three really good offensive linemen, the Bengals are going to be in pretty good shape. Uh, I think, you know, if they add uh, some depth, some excitement, youth at tight end as well. That would be good for them. Uh, But the Bengals will definitely be a player in the AFC. Uh, Unlike the NFC, where there's a lot of question marks, in the AFC, it's about if all these teams are healthy, there's a lot of people to get through. Uh, You mean, obviously, Kansas City, Buffalo, Baltimore, Chargers, Raiders, Titans, all of them I expect to be better or just as good as they were this year. You throw in the Bengals. I think the Steelers will be better depending on what they make at the quarterback position uh, because you can't get much worse than how Big Ben played this year uh, with the talent they have around him. I think the, the Browns, if Baker Mayfield is completely healthy, will be slightly better than they were this year. So the AFC is deeper it's, it's heavier at the top, and it's going to be harder to to actually make ground and make the playoffs to be one of those seven teams in the AFC to fill a playoff spot. But the Bengals are certainly in that top four group. Uh, that I think personally right now it would be disappointing if the Bengals, for the most part, were healthy next year and didn't make the playoffs. That's what the Bengals stand. Otherwise, uh, they had a miracle run, but it is the start of something. I don't know if they're going to be in the Super Bowl again in the next couple of years, but the Bengals now feel like a perennial playoff threat in the AFC. And in the AFC North, a really tough division, they also feel like the type of team that doesn't need to win their division to, to make noise uh, because of Joe Burrow and his skill set and who he is as a leader and his, his calm demeanor. I don't worry about Joe Burrow going on the road. Um, and so uh, unlike a Dak Prescott or – or Aaron Rodgers, who you'd like to just see them play at home. Joe Burrow doesn't scare me about him being on the road. So the Bengals are a fascinating storyline to watch uh, going into next year. But the AFC is deep. They're certainly one of the the four favorites, though. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KMO app. This is episode 123 of On the Mark on this Saturday, February 19th. Thank you so much for making us a part of your morning here in America's uh, News Talk 1070 KHMO in America's hometown of Hannibal. Broadcasting from our brand new KHMO studios. And you can follow the show and watch along on the On The Mark KHMO Facebook page. Just search On The Mark on. All one word, K-H-M-O. All one word, on the mark, K-H-M-O, on Facebook, or just follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Hespin M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. When we come back, Hespin, headline number two, let's talk NBA. We're live and local. It's on the mark on News Talk 1070, K-H-M-O.
3: Pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. If wisdom teeth come in properly and meet the right conditions, they are generally safe to keep. But left unchecked, they can put you at risk for gum disease, tooth decay, and damage to adjacent teeth. Some wisdom teeth grow in at such an angle that they never break through the gum, which can lead to tooth decay, gum disease, cysts, and tumors. These impacted teeth can only be seen on x-rays, so the damage they may cause can go undetected if they are not checked by a dental professional. Some people just don't have enough room for another tooth in their mouth, so their wisdom teeth can affect adjacent teeth when they come in. This can make it difficult to chew, difficult to keep them all clean, and misalign your teeth. Not all wisdom teeth need to be removed, but they all do need to be monitored by an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination. If your wisdom teeth do need to be removed, the procedure can be done in an office setting with minimal post-operative pain and swelling. Remember, pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. Find your local oral and maxillofacial surgeon at myoms.org. One out of every six kids in America has a mental illness. I'm one of them. Hi, I'm Bella. I had my first panic attack in second grade. By the time I was a teenager, I had thoughts of suicide. I still need care, but children's health care is underfunded. Kids like me can't wait while the funding debate continues. Please give at Children's Miracle Network today. Together, we can change kids' health to change the future. I'm Danica Patrick. Driving race cars is risky. Not having life insurance to take care of your family is even riskier. Learn how life insurance can help at lifehappens.org.
0: A public service message from the nonprofit Life Happens. On our first date, we. Forecasts from the News Talk 1070, KHMO Weather Center. Clear skies today with daytime highs approaching 26. Westerly winds 5 to 10 miles per hour. Lows level off around 21 tonight. Clear skies and quiet. Highs around 52 tomorrow. Bright sunshine. Right now, 19. Welcome on back to On The Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. On The Mark is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. It's tax time. Bring your W-2s into Cunis into the dealership. They will get your taxes done for you. They will then take the money you earn on your refund, put it on a card, and then you can start car shopping. Simple as that. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing what they're doing at Cunis Honda Hyundai. The snow is falling. You're driving around with an old car. The heater doesn't work. Go get yourself in a new vehicle at a great price. Their used car selection is massive. It's got that no-fear lifetime powertrain warranty. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. KunisHonda.com, CunisQuincy.com. Tell them Mark sent you. All right, let's jump into it. Hespin Headline number two. Hespin's Headlines on the mark. All right, um, the NBA season. It's All-Star Weekend, Team Durant, Team LeBron. Team LeBron is way better than Team Durant. Uh, It's not really close, to be honest. It's got LeBron, Giannis, Steph, Team Durant does not have those guys. (laughs) Uh, They're very good, Team Team LeBron. I I will just say this as we are in NBA All-Star Weekend. The best thing about All-Star Weekend is the fact that when we're done with All-Star Weekend, it's a sprint. And you can tell the temperature in the arenas change post-All-Star weekend because uh, guys get back from All-Star weekend. They have a lot of fun with their buddies. Everyone starts, you know, hey, it'd be nice to play with you. It'd be really nice to play with you. And But then the competition jumps because you got 20, every, every team's got between 20 and 23 games left. That's not a lot of games. You are two-thirds of the way through the NBA season. Uh, and, and, and on your sprint here to, to, you know, 82 games, you have very little time left to make up ground. If you're five games back of a seed you want to be in and you got 22 games remaining, you got to go on a run. Uh, and so the, I, I love post all star break, uh, uh, NBA, uh, game. Let me start with my Chicago Bulls. I, I, I'll say this about the Easter conference and the Bulls. The Chicago Bulls should absolutely be a legitimate contender and be talked about as a legitimate contender to not only make the Eastern Conference Finals but to win the Eastern Conference Finals. They are tied for first in the East right now with Miami at 38 and 31, uh, 38 and 21 at the All-Star break. The Bulls are um absolutely uh, scoring at a level that you need to score at at 112 points per game. Uh that is up there at top 3 in the Eastern Conference and certainly ahead of teams like Miami, Philly, uh, Cleveland. Uh, They're only behind Milwaukee. And uh, and uh, uh, and uh, Charlotte, the Hornets, actually, at this point in time, the Hornets just give up 114 points. They play no defense. Uh, but the Bulls are playing a brand of basketball that works in the playoffs, and they don't even have their full strength schedule of player set. A lot of these teams are beat, slightly banged up and beat up. But, you know, made acquisitions of the trade-in line. The Bulls stayed fairly quiet. They're still in the market for Drakic, uh, the, the point guard. And I think that would be a great move for the Bulls to pick him up. Uh, the Tristan Thompson rumors, I think adding size and a veteran like Tristan Thompson would be great for the Bulls to add as well if they're looking for a deep playoff run. But this Bulls team is does not have consistently night-to-night night, right now Zach Levine. Plus, they have no Lonzo Ball, no Caruso, and no Patrick Williams. Three incredibly uh, great defensive players at their position. Uh, young players, high-energy guys who all can get their own buckets as well. So the Bulls add those three guys back with a consistently healthy Zach Levine. There is no reason why the Bulls aren't winning multiple playoff series in the Eastern Conference, especially if they're able to add some size of like Tristan Thompson to help eat up some minutes eat up some fouls against the Milwaukee, against Joel Embiid in the 76ers, and against the big lineup uh, that the this, uh, that the Nets can put out as well. Uh, and Bam Adebayo in, uh, down in Miami. So the Bulls are in a really great spot. I- I'm so excited. Hopefully the Bulls can get back to full strength with at least five, six, seven games to go going to the playoffs, get that one seed, put themselves in a position to play a Charlotte or an Atlanta in the first round. I think the bulls would eat them alive as a one seed or a two seed versus a Charlotte or an Atlanta, uh, Brooklyn. I think you'll see them move up the rankings. They're going to want to get out of that. was that play in game. You'll see KD come back, uh, and, and, uh, Ben Simmons start to play. Can they make it up to the six seed? I think they can, especially because I think Boston, um, they've been on a great run here now, but I just don't trust Boston at all. Um, The rest of the Eastern Conference is very fascinating. Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, Chicago, five teams. Those are your five teams that can play in the Eastern Conference Finals. The the Cavs, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Hornets, the Hawks, they are not playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. They're not. They can play in a playoff series, maybe two, probably not, maybe two, probably not. But they're not playing the Eastern Conference Finals. The Cavs are a fun team. They're a, a really great energy team. They're a young team with some really smart veterans. But this Cavs team, when push comes to shove, is not going to be able to win seven games against a veteran-laden Milwaukee team in a 4-5 or five matchup. They're just not. And they don't have the size to compete with them night in and night out either. I mean, they have size, Mobley and Allen, but that's young an experience and they're good and and Cleveland will be a real player next year and the year after especially if they can add one or two veterans one or two other veterans but they you know they'll get pieces back uh, and Cleveland will be uh, some scared to mess with but right now they are just taking away a top four seed from uh, a, a Milwaukee or a Brooklyn that's all they're doing right now and then they'll lose to one of those teams in the first round but Miami Philly Milwaukee Brooklyn, and Chicago, five teams. Two of those will be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Any one of those five making it to the finals would not be shocking. I would still rank them, though, as Milwaukee, Chicago, Philly, Brooklyn, Miami in the as the five in, in order of who I trust the most to make the NBA finals. I trust Chicago right now more than Brooklyn, Philly, and Miami. I just do. I watch. Maybe it's because I watch more Chicago Bulls basketball, but they have real depth. They play real team basketball, and the team the team aspect of the of the Bulls is just phenomenal. And DeMar DeRozan is playing MVP basketball right now. He should be the MVP of the NBA. All right. Uh, I will add quickly in the in the Eastern Conference, the Kyrie saga, very unique. Keep an eye on it. I think at this point in time, the rules are so blatantly unfair that Kyrie, listen, do I think Kyrie, if he was really serious about basketball, should have done what every other NBA superstar did was just get vaccinated so he could play? Sure. If you're really serious about it, that I think that's what you should have done. Every other NBA superstar did it. But... I will say it is now blatantly ridiculous and stupid that New York has rules where because Kyrie's the home team and that's his place of work he has to be vaccinated to play there but visiting visitors don't. It's not just an NBA thing, it's like a arena thing. It's so stupid. Yeah, New York is in this COVID with COVID. I mean, trust me, a lot there's been a lot of stupidity with COVID uh, over the last couple months. This may be up there as stupidest of the stupid. So the guy who lives in Brooklyn, who works in Brooklyn, can't play in Brooklyn. But the guy who lives out of town, who's been traveling, who's unvaccinated, can play in Brooklyn. Yeah, that makes no sense. All right, let's move to the Western Conference. As you're listening on, the Mark here, News Talk 1070 KHMO with the KHMO The Western Conference is a lot easier. It's Phoenix, it's Golden State, and it's everyone else. There's only two teams in the Western Conference that will be playing in the Western Conference Finals. That's Phoenix and Golden State. One of those two teams will win an incredible seven-game series in the Western Conference Finals. I'm making, I'm calling my shot now, and one of them will be playing for an NBA championship, and it will be awesome. One of those two teams... Uh, Should be the favorite. If it's Milwaukee against Phoenix or Golden State, it's going to be a great series, and I think it's a coin flip. If it's anyone else against Phoenix or Golden State, I'm taking Phoenix or Golden State. They play team basketball. They shoot. uh, Golden State has been a little shaky up and down since getting Clay back, and they're still trying to find this rhythm, inserting Clay, but they got 20-something games still to get it done. Phoenix is playing like a team that knows – all these guys want money they want uh, guarantees booker uh uh aiton is on a, 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 he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year they all want that 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 bag and they are you know playing incredible basketball 48 and 10 Through 58 games. They're nine and one. I think they're like 18 and one in their last 19 games. Phoenix is playing incredible basketball. Shout out to Memphis and Utah. They will put up really good fights in some series, and they're really good teams. John Rant is incredible. John Rant should be in the MVP discussion. They're a 40-win team in the Western Conference. Uh, And that's mainly because of John Moran. The dude is insane. And he's making Zion look like a joke right now. Yeah, remember Zion Williamson? Don't talk about him much anymore. He ain't playing. And if I was Phoenix, I heard my guy Colin Coward talk about it. Or maybe it wasn't Colin Coward. Someone was talking about it. It wasn't me that created this idea, but I I fully support it. Trade Ben Simmons. I mean, sorry, trade Zion Williamson. I would if I was New Orleans. I'd trade him. He's not going to re-sign with you. Why would you sign him to a long-term deal? He cannot play. He's not healthy. He's not in shape. Trade him now. Get a first-round pick and a, and a player or two for him. Build around C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and try to build a core, You know, kind of like New, uh, Portland did, where you're not exactly a desirable city to play, but it's more a little bit more desirable than Portland, and try to be exciting in that way and just play like really good team basketball like the Bulls have built. Just get a, a bunch of Bs. Who play up to their level and play really good basketball, as opposed to hoping Zion becomes an A and stays healthy. I, I think it's maybe something to look at. Utah and Memphis will make series interesting. I think Dallas and Denver as well. Um, they certainly could win a playoff series. Uh, push some of the you know push Golden State and Phoenix to you know five six games. I like that Dallas got rid of Kristaps; so it wasn't working. They got good pieces in return, as I mentioned last week. But everyone else in the West, including the Lakers. I just don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And if I'm if I'm a Lakers fan right now, I kind of like that AD has tweaked his foot a little bit because all you want is AD healthy for the playoffs. And if this means AD is going to miss the next three and a half, four weeks, and the Lakers can just kind of hold on to a seven eight nine ten 10 spot, and LeBron can just go off and do his thing, and Westbrook can go off and do his thing and just hang on tight – you get 80 healthy for the playoffs. You just kind of hope then you can get some magic with LeBron and 80 in a seven game series. Maybe you win a series or two, but they're not a Western Conference Finals team and they're certainly not a NBA championship team uh, as they stand right now. The buyout market's open. If they get a Drakic, that would be huge. Uh if they can maybe add a Tristan Thompson, that would be huge. They need some pieces like that uh, in L.A. badly. Uh, So my prediction as we look ahead right now on this February 19th, if you made me guess, I'm going to take Milwaukee versus Golden State in the NBA Finals. Uh, I I think you have a Western Conference Finals of Phoenix and Golden State and an Eastern Conference Finals of uh, Chicago and Milwaukee. I think they're both great seven-game series, and we're going to be very lucky as NBA fans. listen on the mark, News Talk 1070, KHMO, and the KHMO app. When we come back, I got four quick topics I want to hit on really quick. We're live and local on America's hometown, News Talk 1070, KHMO, and the KHMO app.
2: In celebrating the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association and Title IX's 50th anniversary, the IBCA had media and coaches select the 30 most impactful people in Illinois basketball going back to 1972. The IBCA recognizes Mark Aguire. Aguire had a fabulous career at Chicago Westinghouse High School, DePaul University, and later in the NBA. Aguire was a McDonald's All-American and All-Stater who led Westinghouse in 1978 to the Class W. Elite Eight. At DePaul, Mark led the Blue Demons to the NCAA Final Four and was an All-American to go along with College Player of the Year. Mark was the first pick in the NBA draft and played on two NBA championship teams. He's in the College Basketball Hall of Fame, DePaul Hall of Fame, and the IBCA Hall of Fame. This message is brought to you by the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association and this station. You look nice. How
3: was work? Well, it was fourth period civics. The kids were giving me the third degree. Was a UFO seen hovering over Washington, D.C.? Was a fisherman attacked by a 320-pound shrimp? They'd been bitten by the fake news bug, all right. And it was holding on like a driver's ed student to a steering wheel. How was I going to get a bunch of wide-eyed kids to wise up about what they see on the Internet? Then it hit me like a dodgeball on field day the name of the game was news snoops each student got an article and two minutes to decide if it was credible or a fake they were able to use fact-checking sites to get the cold hard truth now the little hotshots are even teaching their gullible grannies a thing or two about phony news but how was your day
2: pretty good
3: i got a new title today office birthday party planner oh fun
2: Teachers just have better work stories. If you want a creative, collaborative job worth talking about, head to
1: teach.org. Brought to you by teach.org.
0: We are Hometown News Talk, 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark News Talk, 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app. Final five minutes of the show here, and they're brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Check out, there are over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. You can shop online. CunisQuincy.com. that's how i found my truck from cunis honda hyundai tell them mark sent you when you stop by the dealership 221 north 36th street in quincy all right so uh, a couple quick topics here in the last uh now four and a half minutes of the show the daytona 500 tomorrow thing to watch out for nascar fans remember the next gen car has arrived this is the seventh time in nascar's history there's been a basically overhaul and a new car so how will the teams respond to this how will the toyotas do the new body style uh the 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 chevys the toyotas the the fords they're all supposed to look more like their actual street vehicles their counterparts so that'll be kind of fun for the eye um and so that's going to be an exciting thing to watch how does that affect pit stops the technology on board how does that affect top speeds, how does it affect everything? Uh, These drivers are getting a lot of practice with these cars, but it's still going to be really fun for us, the viewer, to watch it. It's always different in practice versus competitive racing. I will say Kyle Larson, defending NASCAR Cup champ, he won 10 races last year after coming back from that suspension from his uh, missed year during the COVID year with the racial slur. I will say this. Is it a fluke or is it not? Is he the face of Hendrick Motorsports now? Is he going to go on a run where um, he is in championship competition and, and dominating races like a Jeff Gordon did or Jimmy Johnson did for stretches at Hendrick Motorsports? I don't know. Or is Chase Elliott going to ascend back up there? Alex Bowman. Hendricks Motorsports is young, but they have the funding and they have the pedigree. Uh, and so Hendrick's is going to be fascinating to watch. And the other big storyline to me Besides Denny Hamlin starting 30th or defending champ, who's won, I think three of these things is Brad Keselowski. He's starting third. He is now a partial owner. Roush, Fenway Keslowski, he struck while the a, a good deal gold when, when the when the market was low on Roush Fenway. They hadn't run a, a one a race since seventeen. Ryan Newman out. He steps into the six. Completely redid the car. He won a heat. He's uh, qualified third. Keslowski is one of the best drivers in NASCAR. He's a champion, and uh, I think he is poised to have a mega year. He went from being the leader of a really good team to being basically the earth, moon, and stars of a team that has pedigree and has funding, and now he has kind of control and kind of can call a lot of the shots. And I think you're going to see a a very motivated Keselowski to be uh, right there again in it. It's like he's been the past two years in the final four uh, in that, in that final race. Um, And then um, I want to move on the winter Olympics wrapping on up over the next uh, 48 hours. You know, team USA, I think overall very disappointing showing at the winter Olympics. They're not going to finish top three in the medal count. Michaela Schifrin had a disastrous Olympics. I think overall, Uh, You saw some big misses from some big names. Red Gerard, Michaela Schifrin, uh, Sean White didn't medal. Uh, But there were some great storylines. Chloe Kim, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Nathan Chen. But overall, I think a fairly disappointing Team USA Winter Olympics. Now, we are better at the Summer Olympics than the Winter Olympics. But, you know, Team USA not finishing top three medal count, I think, is is pretty disappointing in my opinion. Um, What else? I want to talk about... Um, Oh, MLB, they're delaying uh, spring ball until March 5th. Listen, get it together. You know my thoughts on this. I get so mad at the MLB. I've gone on many, many rants. I I have no time for a rant right now. and I have no energy for a rant. But as always, I side with the players. I'm going to side with the millionaires over the billionaires. The MLB owners, um, they are as stingy as stingy you get. And I get it. There's no salary cap. So the players shouldn't complain maybe as much as they do. But just get it together. Get the DH in the NL. Support the minor leagues. And let's get back to putting butts in seats and making money, owners. Just get the players happy and uh, and figured out uh, with the with the new CBA. Um, Manu Ginobili, final thing. He's one of the finalists for the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, one of the 11. He's kind of the big name on it this year. He definitely should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, Manu, besides Dirk Navinsky. Um, you could argue Manu is definitely a, maybe the second overall greatest foreign-born player in NBA history, top three for sure. Dirk's number one, but he's right there. Um, Manu Ginobili, uh, all-time, all-time great. And Manu's a guy that his game, if you never got to watch him, young kids out there, it translates. I mean, he could play in any era man it was great to watch thank you so much for tuning on in i will see you next week as always follow me on twitter on instagram at mark hespin in the meantime m-a-r-k-h-e-s-p-n follow the show on the mark cage on facebook see you next week have a good weekend susan it's so